हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्ण हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्ण हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे We are continuing to read from Sri Magbhagavatam, first canto, 15th chapter, 35th text, and of course, we are probably filled with the excitement of knowing that the Rathiatra is coming up very quickly, and we'll have the association of the Lord of the Universe. As he makes his appearance for the masses once a year. But of course, as devotees, we always have the darshan of the Lord when we're coming to the temple. But before we read text 35, we always like to get in the mood of Krishna's mood. And that's a mood of love. By singing Jayarada Madhava. Jayarada Madhava Kunja Bihari Jairad Madhava Kunjabihari Jairagopijana Vallabha Kirivaradari Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Kiriharadari Yashoda Nandana Braja Jararandanan Yashura Nandana Braja Jararanjanan Yamuna Tira Vanachari Yamuna Tira Vanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari
Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Girivaradari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Girivaradari Yashura Nandana Braja Jararandanan Yashura Nandana Braja Jararandanan Yamuna Tira Vanachari Yamuna Tira Vanachari Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Jai Radha Kala Chanji, Radha Kala Chanji Radhe. Jai Radha Kala Chanji, Radha Kala Chanji Radhe. Jaya Jaya Jagannath 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 Jaya Jaya Jagannath Jai Jagannath Jaya Jaya Baladev Baladev Baladev, Jaya Jaya Baladev. Jaya Jaya Subhadra, 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 Jaya Jaya Subhadra. Jaya Jaya Gornitai 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 Jaya Jaya Gornitai Jaya Gornitai Nitai Goro Haribo 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 Nitai Goro Haribo 
I'm trying to maintain a voice, and I guess it's it's coming and going, but Krishna's going to help me make the best of it with his mercy and Guru's mercy. So that's what I'm praying for. So um, continuing to read from Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, chapter 15, text 35. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Yatanmatyadi Rupani Datejaya Yatanataha Bubara kashipito yena jaho tachad kalevaram yatamasyadi rupani tatejayad yatanataha bubara kashapito yena jaho tachakelavaram yatamatyadi rupani tatejayad yatanataha bubara kashapito yena Someone like to repeat this? Yatamasyadi Rupani Datejayad Yatanataha Bubarakashapito Yena Jaho tachakalevaram. Yatamachadi rupani. Datejayan yatanataha. Ubarakashipito yena. Jaho tachakalevaram. Yata, as much as, Matya Adi, incarnation as a fish, etc. Rupani, forms, Tate, eternally accepts, Jayat, apparently relinquishes, Yata, exactly like, Nataha, magician, Bubaraha, burden of the world, Kashapitaha, relieved, Yena, by which, Jaho, let go, Tat, that, Cha, also, Kilavaram, Body, and the translation here is the Supreme Lord relinquished the body which he manifested to diminish the burden of the earth. 
just like a magician, he relinquishes one body to accept different ones, like the fish incarnation and others. Again, the Supreme Lord relinquished the body, which he manifested to diminish the burden of the earth. Just like a magician, he relinquishes one body to accept different ones, like the fish incarnation and others. Purport, the Supreme Person, the Supreme Lord, Personality of Godhead, is neither impersonal nor formless, but his body is non-different from him, and therefore he is known as the embodiment of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. In the Brihad Vaishnava Tantra, it is clearly mentioned that anyone who considers the form of the Lord of Lord Krishna to be made of material energy must be ostracized by all means. And if by chance the face of such an infidel is seen, one must clean himself by jumping in the river with his clothing. The Lord is described as Amrita, Amrit, or deathless, because he has no material body. Under the circumstances, the Lord's dying, dying or quitting his body is like the jugglery of a magician. The magician shows by his tricks that he is cut to pieces, burnt to ashes, or made unconscious by hypnotic influences. But all are false shows only. Factually, the magician himself is neither burnt to ashes nor cut to pieces, nor is he dead or unconscious at any stage of his magical demonstration. Similarly, the Lord has his eternal forms of unlimited variety, of which the fish incarnation, as was exhibited within this universe, is also one. Because there are innumerable universes, somewhere or other, the fish incarnation must be manifesting his pastimes without cessation. In this verse, the particular word date, date eternally accepted, and not the word ditva, accepted for the occasion, is used. The idea is that the Lord does not create the fish incarnation. He eternally has such a form, and the appearance and disappearance of such an incarnation serves particular purposes. In the Bhagavad Gita, 7th chapter, 24th to 25 text, the Lord says, The impersonalists think that I have no form, that I am formless, but that at present I have accepted a form to serve a purpose, and now I am manifested. But such speculators are factually without sharp intelligence. Though they may be good scholars in the Vedic literatures, they are practically ignorant of my inconceivable energies 
and my eternal forms of personality. The reason is that I reserve the power of not being exposed to the non-devotees by my mystic curtain. The less intelligent fools are therefore unaware of my eternal form, which is never to be vanquished and is unborn. In the Padma Puranya, it is said that those who are envious and always angry at the Lord are unfit to know the actual and eternal form of the Lord. In the Bhagavad Gita, also it is said that the Lord appeared like a thunderbolt to those who were wrestlers. Sishupala, at the time of being killed by the Lord, could not see him as Krishna, being dazzled by the glare of the Brahma Mahote. Therefore, the temporary manifestation of the thunderbolt I'm sorry, therefore the temporary manifestation of the Lord as a thunderbolt to the wrestlers appointed by Kamsa or the glaring appearance of the Lord before Sishupal was relinquished by the Lord, but the Lord as a magician is eternally existent and is never vanquished in any circumstance. Such forms are temporarily shown to the Asuras only. And when such exhibitions are withdrawn, the Asuras think that the Lord is no more existent. Just as the foolish audience thinks the the magician to be burnt to ashes or cut to pieces, the conclusion is that the Lord has no material body and therefore he is never to be killed or changed by his transcendental body. Om Ganyana Timarandasya Gnanjanan Shalakaya Chakshun Militam Yena Tashmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swabadandikam Vancha Kalpaturubias Cha Kripasandubia Eva Cha Patitanam Pavanebio Vaishnavabia Namo Namaha Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Suyadwaita Gadara Hashivasadi Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. You know, as we become closer to understanding a little bit of the Lord, the mantra is so powerful that saying it alone or even, well, actually we're never alone. But saying it in a congregation, and that can be more than one or two gathered, it is so powerful, it is as good as the lecture. Personally, I'm here reading, and as I'm chanting and hearing everyone else chanting, there is such an overwhelming feeling in my chest, my heart, that this is such a fulfilling 
statement, just the Maha Mantra, that's how powerful it is. And I am nowhere near understanding the Lord. Even the demigods don't know him. They don't know him. We have a better chance of knowing him. When the material world, we have Srila Prabhupada who's made the nectarian scriptures available to us to read. And if you hear nothing else today, at least hear that. Read Srila Prabhupada's books. Read them again and again because each time you read them, including, of course, the Srimad Bhagavatam, you will get a different meaning, a different understanding, and a different feeling about the scriptures. Now, just to point out, I had to catch myself when I was reading the uh, the purport, and the part that really amazed me, and I like the way Srila Prabhupada put his words together. He knew exactly what he was doing because he was meant, divined, to do what he did, to come into this world, to complete the mission that he started. Because he left it up to us, each and every one of us, with whatever talents we have, to complete this mission. He didn't do it completely. He could have. But what was there left for us to do if he did everything? But here's the line that got me. Well, actually, the first couple of lines. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is neither impersonal nor formless, but his body is non-different from him, and therefore he is known as the embodiment of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. In the Brihad Vaishnav Tantra, it is clearly mentioned that anyone who considers the form of the Lord Krishna to be made of material energy must be ostracized by all means. And if by chance the face of such an infidel is seen, one must clean himself by jumping in the river with his clothing. Now, not to be mean or uh, indifferent, but I thought about devotees and those that must be soaking wet from jumping in the river from seeing such individuals. And sometimes what we see we think is the embodiment of everything. What's important is that you have the the opportunity to hear from the scriptures, to get a clear understanding of what the Lord is about, what our relationship is to the Lord, and our inevitable responsibility as we are in these material bodies. And on the note of material bodies, because I come up with all types of thoughts before I come uh, on Wednesdays, always the night before. And the one thing that was consistent is that we have a material fault. Well, we have a lot of material faults, but one of them are these eyes. These material eyes. We see things, but not as they really are. When we take the opportunity, when we take the time to see with our spiritual eyes, 
there is a world that opens up to us. There is so much to know, to be understood, and how we view the world and how we try to see with these spiritual eyes the transcendental qualities of individuals, of places. Well, how about, let's say, people, places, and things. Um, going to India, for one, I was constantly reminded that this is going to be the first time you go. You cannot see with your material eyes because you will be mortified by what you see. You will wonder why you're here, and you will not be able to wait until you leave because you're using the material eyes. When you use your spiritual eyes, you see beyond the material. You are capable of seeing things the way they really are. When we see people, the fault in our material vision is that we see them for who we think they are. And boy, do we really miss the point. We think that those that are nicely dressed, that look nice, that speak nice, are like perfect candidates for association. But we're only looking with our material eyes. When you're looking with the spiritual eyes, you look at the depth of an individual. Let's take, for instance, and I'll I'll try to stay on track, but take, for instance, an individual. Uh, We'll say male form. You'll look at an individual. Let's say you're looking at a, a, a female. And what you're seeing is the visual. The visual appearances, the face, the form, the dress. And that's sometimes as far as we go. But we're looking with the material eyes. And sometimes people look with their material eyes when they're trying to form a permanent relationship with individuals. And boy, are they surprised when the material eyes no longer come into play and they actually see the person for who they are. And that is actually what's happening now with a lot of us that are together at home and we're seeing too much of each other. But see, the point is we should look, we should try our best to see each other with our spiritual eyes. When you do that, then you see the essence of the individual. You look past the appearances. You look past what these material eyes think they see, and you see the essence of an individual. An example was, an example can be, let's say a sage. Sage can be in India. He can be in any country. But most people are familiar with sages being in India. When you see one, they're not exactly dressed the way that you would expect a self-realized individual to be dressed. Um, 
And sometimes people take advantage of that. People will dress in such a way that they appear as sages. But the point that I'm making is that appearances are deceiving. If those appearances are deceiving, can you imagine how deceiving it is when you finally, lifetime after lifetime, come to the presence of the Lord on the altar, in the temples, in your homes, when you really understand and come to the presence of the Lord, you understand that those are not forms. Those are not just toys. Those are not just dolls on the altars. Those are, they are the Lordships themselves in different pastimes. When you really begin to understand, you'll begin to feel something when you're having the darshan of the Lord. You will feel a connection. You should feel a connection. The times when we're not feeling a connection may be for many different reasons. We choose not to accept the Lord in his particular forms because we imagine that he is just like everyone else, and that's the biggest mistake. The Lord is like no one else, absolutely no one else, nor is the spiritual master to be considered a mundane figure. The spiritual master is a representative of Krishna. These are things that we need to remember. These are things that we need to build upon to develop an understanding and a relationship with the Lord. Now, when we read about the Lord in the during the Battle of Kurusetra, during the fight with Kamsa, during all the battles that he had, the untrained eye would think, well, okay, so that's some mythical creature, and he has taken a form, and now that that form is diminished, he is no longer. But the Lord, like the magician, is never, ever diminished. Never, ever destroyed. What helps us to enhance the relationship of the Lord is our understanding the principles and the guidelines in God consciousness, in Krishna consciousness, reading and understanding what we're reading. Many times people are given the Bhagavad Gita and they read it once and it goes completely over their head. And they'll read it a second time and maybe they'll get a little bit. But the point is, is to read, to understand, to develop some semblance of an idea of who the Lord is, to take the powerful Mahamantra to heart, to chant in such a way that it becomes a prayer, that we're asking the Lord. And I've heard different descriptions of the Mahamantra, of what it means, but the one consistent meaning, of course, and I'm not trying to minimize this, is we're asking the Lord. We are praying to the Lord. Please, dear Lord, engage me 
in your service. That covers practically everything in our life. Everything in the process of knowing who Krishna is. Because what it means is that we should be in a position to understand who Krishna is, what our relationship is with Krishna, what we need to adjust in order to follow Krishna, and in the process of it, taking to devotional service, because ultimately, you'll hear bhakti yoga, bhakti uh, devotional service, one of the strongest connections that we can develop with Krishna is how we serve. And, well, with the Rathiyatra coming up, this is a perfect time to serve. But it isn't the only time of the year to serve, but it's a perfect time. There's, there's, so, much, um, there's so much mercy you get. When you're serving, when your focus is directly on serving, when you understand what you're supposed to be doing in the process of serving, Our main focus should be serving the servant of the servant of the servant. Our main point should be service completely. Because in the process of service, you may see so many different inconsistencies in what you consider proper service. And sometimes we get a little distracted. But there is no reason, no excuse why anyone should not properly take to devotional service because throughout the Vedas, the Lord has provided examples of service. He's provided the consequences of serving properly. He's also provided the consequences of not serving properly. We sometimes become sidetracked, and it's very easy in today's world to become sidetracked with the mind. To me, it's always like a wild Palomino horse. It's on the run. It's here. It's there. It's every Whatever comes up, it's there. It's here. One of the things that I, most people may find difficult is focusing on the Maha Mantra, wherever they are, which is why it's necessary to be in a quiet place. Even if that quiet place is in your house in a closet somewhere, sometimes it has to be really limited association. But the point I'm trying to make is we should find an opportunity to be still, to chant as best we can with our hearts. Because at some point, if we are taking sincerely what we're doing to heart, at some point, we will be able to feel a connection with the Lord. Every single one of us has an individual connection. Relationship. Leela. With the Lord and his associates. Every single one of us has that. Sometimes we'll miss it because... When we chant 
initially, we may not get the results that we want. But don't think so much about getting results. Just think about chanting as a purification process, as a shower, as a bath. Because the more you chant, the more purification will come. Even if you are chanting insincerely, and we trust that it's not something that you do repeatedly, but even chanting uh, insincere, with insincerity, you will get booms. What to say of those that are chanting sincerely? Some of the things that can manifest and understand, I'm not speaking in a tone or as someone speaking in the sense of a sahajia. What I'm saying is that there is an opportunity in the process of serving Krishna, in the process of devotional service, there is an opportunity to actually see the Lord in this material world. There is that opportunity. There is that opportunity of seeing the Lord also in various situations in the world. As a matter of fact, we are supposed to see the Lord in every situation. We're supposed to see the God-like paramatma in the heart of every individual, which is why when I first came to Krishna consciousness and I was in uh, um, one state, I noticed how devotees who were, quote-unquote, very good devotees, how they chanted so nicely, but how they did not really see each other as devotees. And I think I've mentioned that a couple of times, and it may not mean anything to anyone, but someone coming into the temple new notices these things. When you see someone, it doesn't mean you have to just go all out and just love them. The point is, speak to people. At least acknowledge them. Because when you pass them, depending on what the scenario is and what the situation is, you are missing an opportunity of addressing the paramatma in the heart of that individual. We shouldn't ignore anyone. And of course, we should consider the circumstances by which we come into contact with people. It is true that those that are very troubled in the mind come to Krishna consciousness. Those that are coming for some monetary benefit and those that are really seeking some information. So we have to be discerning as we are seeing others, as we are practicing our devotional service. And devotional service is also good association. Today I won't knock, I won't just knock that one into the ground. Association is important. It's very important. But the point that I want to make is we miss so much with our material eyes. And as we develop the cleansing process of the Maha Mantra, we will begin to see Krishna. We will begin to see the many facets of Krishna's personality in so many of us because we have those potential characteristics. We don't have the quantity of them. We have 
most of the qualities of Krishna. We need to know who we are because when we understand that we are children of a greater God, and I'm saying greater because I remember, I recall some movie where it's the title is Children of a Lesser God. We are children of such an amazing, an amazing personality. We don't even realize it. It's not so much that he owns everything. It's not so much that he is the, he, he is everything. He's the supreme personality, the most omnipotent, the best magician in the world, the greatest love, greater than Cupid. There are so many things that the Lord is great in and at that during the process of chanting, during the process of devotional service, taking the step eventually of initiation opens up a totally new world for us. The point that I'm trying to drive home is that Sometimes we allow circumstances to cloud our vision of the Lord. And he's always present. We have never, we have never ever been without the Lord's presence. We may be a little negligent of his presence, but we have never been without it. And as the text 35 indicates the Lord can take any form that he wants, any form. He has unlimited forms in a variety of unlimited universes. So whatever form he takes, and they mention mm, the um, Matsya, the, uh, the fish incarnation, um, as a form that does exist, and it doesn't disappear because we've read it in the scriptures and that's it. Somewhere on, in a universe, the Lord is always manifesting. He's always existing as um, mm, mm, the Lord, Matsya, the fish incarnation. He's always existing. There is not a time when any of the pastimes that are taking place in the scriptures is not existing somewhere. We don't think sometimes that we're entitled to know the Lord. But if you have come to the point where you are able to sit and listen to a lecture, you're able to hear it, you're able to take the Maha Mantra, you're able to take it to heart, you have an opportunity of knowing the Lord on various levels. But it doesn't stop there. Srila Prabhupada, when he came to the West, I'm not going to say that he did not get the results that he wanted in the East. I'm not going to say that, but the point is things were much more, people were much more receptive to Srila Prabhupada in the West. And I'm saying that to say, when he came, 
he accomplished a vast amount of things. And I don't mean to minimize it by saying things, but right now, for lack of a better description, he accomplished quite a bit. But Srila Prabhupada didn't finish it. He deliberately left some things unfinished because, after all, he left work for the devotees. If he did everything, what did we have to do? Each and every one of us, when we take to heart, when we take to the understanding of the mission of Krishna consciousness, of Srila Prabhupada's mission, we should be able to understand to a great degree or to whatever degree we can the scriptures, whatever it is we're not able to understand, speak to a senior disciple, get a better understanding. Understanding what the guidelines are, the basics. No meat eating, no intoxication, no gambling, no illicit sex, chanting, proper diet, proper rest, proper association. When we take to these particular guidelines, we have a better chance of establishing an even closer connection with the Lord. It's not that we need to see the Lord, but based on our sincerity, he allows us so much. Our goal should never be not necessarily to get back to Godhead, because if you're on the devotional path, if you have surrendered to the Lord, if you are having, if you have an understanding of what is required, if you've taken shelter of a guru, of a mentor, the likelihood of you having visions or sightings of the Lord, hearing the Lord, watching the miracles take place in front of our eyes because of who we are and because of the Lord, You'll take those things as these are things that just happen. You don't look at them as things that you want to achieve. That's not your achievement. Your achievement is love of God. Your achievement is understanding who you are, why you're here, and what it is that we need to do while we're here. And that is taking to devotional service, ultimately. It's so simplistic, but it can be so difficult because in the process of being a devotee and in the process of devotional service, you're going to find so many stumbling blocks because the reward is unlimited. The rewards are unlimited. They're amazing. And there's not, they're not for everyone. Everyone is not entitled to it, which means you're going to have to put through some effort. You're going to have to put up with quite a bit. But you have shelter that you can take of the Lord, no matter what it is that you're putting up with, no matter what nonsense it is you may have to take on the path of devotional service, every bit of it will be worth it. And then getting back to the point where the Lord will take any form in the Padma Paranya, just as an example, it mentions that the Lord is capable of taking 
any form in their actual and eternal forms of the Lord. In the Bhagavatam, it is stated that to some, they may not exactly see the Lord, but understand that his presence is given by a particular form in the wrestler's arena for Sishupala, the Lord appeared as a thunderbolt. Like a, an intense light of the Brahma Mohaiti, but you understood that to be the Lord. And um, the incarnation of the boar, is it, um, what is it, the, I'm trying to remember the boar's name, is it Varana or Vara? In the form of the boar, that is the Lord. That is the Lord's potency at that particular point in time. In, with the understanding that whatever form he takes, it doesn't take away from who he is. It just indicates the unlimited ability that he has to take form, but that he is an actual person. Now, that was a big jump. But I'm saying that to say that the Lord is an actual person. What we have, the attribute attributes that we bring, the love, and that love of God, that love and understanding of just mankind and each other, is a line that should cross every legitimate, bona fide religion. That is a common thread. The Lord represents love. And it represents how we treat each other. Being kind to, and I'm not getting this exactly as it's really written, but being kind to one another, treating our neighbors, our friends, our relatives, is family. Treating each other with the love and understanding that God would give us. Those are the lines that cross the bona fide religions. And when we understand that anything else outside and out of the ordinary is being given in a particular faith, then we have to understand it may not necessarily be a bona fide religion. Now, that may come back as a comment that someone wants to make to me. Please feel free to do that. But the point is, the Lord has potencies, characteristics that are describable, and they are in the scriptures, but we also have the capacity and the propensity to behave as the Lord's children. We should be able to be seen out in public and people should recognize something about us that says, that's a child of God. With the scriptures, if there's ever an indication or misunderstanding of who the Lord is, there should never ever be a permanent misunderstanding because the scriptures cover scenarios, how the Lord appears, how he responds, how the devotees respond, how we live, and even how we leave our bodies. It is a complete history of our family. 
And for some, it may be too complete. It may be too much for the mind. But if it is, put it on a shelf and revisit it later. But how to live a life of devotion is there in the scriptures. And if we're looking at our leaders, if we're looking at gurus, if we're looking at mentors in God consciousness, they should imbibe those characteristics of a leader that is Krishna-sent or God-sent or Krishna-driven or God-driven. There really is no reason why anyone should not behave according to the scriptures. The benefits are numerous. But getting back to the scripture again, because I, I could go on and on with this one. The Supreme Lord relinquished the body, which he manifested to diminish the burden of the earth. That particular line also, uh, I thought about that also last night. I wanted to cover a lot, but we have to remember sometimes, and please take this the right way, but when there is, hmm, let's say an event where maybe massive lives are lost, maybe an event where unbelievable deaths occur, wars, different things that we'll hear in the news. Some of those situations can be the Lord eliminating the burden on the earth, just as he did with the Pandavas, just as the Lord is leaving the earth, we understand that all that was fought for in the Battle of Kurusetra, the residents became drunken. Um, their behavior was totally against anything that they would have done when the Lord was on earth. And in one way, that was described as the Lord relieving the burden that was on the earth because they were a burden. They were everything that the Lord was not or the Lord chose not. They were a complete opposite of what the battle was fought for. But everything that happened was for a reason. And the point that I'm attempting to make is that sometimes when things happen and there's no explanation for it, there really is an explanation for it. And as hardening as it is sometimes, when we hear things happening, when we hear that hmm, the war that took place back in the, 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 the 40s, World War I, II, various battles, Understand that they're happening for a reason. It didn't just out of the blue happen. The Lord is in control of the outcome, the ultimate outcome of any situation. So sometimes it is necessary 
to look with the eyes of a devotee who is kind and loving and compassionate and understand things happen where the Lord will take a particular form or a particular pastime, and it is to relieve a situation. It is never an accident. As a matter of fact, we're told there are no accidents. But without getting um, so deeply into the fact that the Lord allows things to happen for a reason, what we need to understand is that no matter what form the Lord takes, whether it's the fish carnation, whether it's the boar, whether it's Lord Nashrima Dave, all of those forms are for a particular purpose at that time, and they should never be minimized. The thing about the Lord is that he can take any particular form and it will have the potency of the Lord and it can continue. He can, he can manifest a different body. It will have a different purpose. And that purpose can be ongoing, as we understand, in all the unlimited planets. We cannot do that. We can take a form. We could leave these bodies and take another form and not even remember the previous bodies that we had. But to end the, um, the text, to make a point of it, the point was that, again, the Supreme Lord relinquished the body which he manifested to diminish the burden of the earth. Just like a magician, he relinquishes one body to accept different ones like the fish incarnations, and he is completely unlimited in his potential. And that is something that we should remember. It is something that we should never minimize because every form that he takes is potent. What we should also realize that in the process of the Lord's many bodies that he's able to take and accept, that we have the ability to know him in different ways based on our devotion, based on our sincerity, based on our understanding the love of God and his relationship to us. We can see him in this material plane without a problem. We can experience hearing from him in this material plane. And again, those that should not be our goal, those things will happen automatically. But the one point that we must keep in mind is that the Lord is a person. The Lord is not an image or an imagination. And that we should realize that we are children of a greater God and our potential is unlimited and for the time that we have been given in this, on this earth, on this planet, we have a responsibility to completing Srila Prabhupada's mission. And our instructions and our tools are always at our fingertips. And if our desire is strong enough, Krishna will allow that to take place. Whatever that responsibility is of ours, 
he'll allow it to take place. So I'm going to end at this point if there are any questions. And I, if there are any questions or comments, please feel free to make them or anything that you would like to share or any, any questions. Because I know I always go different places when I'm giving uh, the talk. And I want to make sure that you understand the point specifically here that's being mentioned in the text. No questions? No. <laughs> um, and you know what? If there is, and I always, I try to mention this, but if there is ever a point at which something does not come out correctly or if I get carried away, uh, forgive me. Uh, the fault is not my gurus. The fault is not Srila Prabhupada's. The fault is mine. But I always try to make sure that at least there's some point, especially from the scriptures, that one gets when they're hearing the text. Because so many people can come up and read the same text, and you'll get a different version of their understanding. Not to take anything away from the text, but that's their understanding at the time. And their understanding can go so many different places. And you know for a fact that mine goes so many places. So please forgive me if I went off track. But um, this is just one of the many pastimes and the many lessons that are in the scriptures. And I do encourage everyone that's listening, please read Srila Prabhupada's books. Please develop a contact or an association within Krishna consciousness, someone that's trustworthy, someone that you could communicate with during times that are challenging and times that are not so challenging. But please chant. Please listen as often as you are given the opportunity to the scriptures, whether it's over the Internet, whether it's a tape, or whether someone's sitting in front of you and listening. And always, always feel totally justified in asking questions. So, Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Jai Sri Sri Radha Kalachanji Dham Ki Jai.